गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जय गोर भक्तवृंद की जय गोर प्रेमानंद सो वी कंटिन्यूइंग आवर डिस्कशन व्हिच बिगन इन एक्सप्रेसिंग सम ग्रैटिट्यूड टू दोस हु आर रिस्पांसिबल फॉर अस बीइंग हियर टुडे बिगिनिंग विद द डिवोटीज हु इनवाइटेड अस द डिवोटीज हु आर होस्टिंग अस इन नेचर ऑफ द प्लेस हियर दैट वी आर होस्टेड एट इट्स हिस्ट्री एंड सो ऑन एंड सो फॉर्थ वी रेंड इट पेड आवर रिस्पेक्ट्स टू Om Vishnupad, Shri Bhakti Bhavan Dasami Prabhupad, who's made this Vrindavan opportunity available in the modern world, opportunity to come here to have darshan, dham, and do dham seva and so forth, made that available so far and wide. And we talked at some length about that. And then yesterday we began expressing our gratitude to Sriman Gorsundar Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. and we discussed how this is the way to enter into radha krishna seva kuchetana mahapur worship in nadia live in brindavan and with regard to that we had some discussion of gorlila and that regarding chetana mahapur's sanyas and the connection of his sanyas with Brindavan I mentioned yesterday that the first time in his leela that this idea of the sanyas came up was with regard to the brahman who wanted to enter the kirtan at shivasangam but was blocked from entry and who subsequently cursed chaitanya mahaprabhu that he wouldn't have a happy family life which he celebrated and which brought to his mind immediately this means he thought this was his interpretation i will take sanyas and go to brindavan because sanyas means to enter the forest so he thought no family life so then no family no life <laughs> family is the life of everyone making their own kingdom and their own sacred or not so sacred domain so he thought well, there no family then no connection with the world so giving up the world means sanyas and symbolically leaving the world means entering the forest so he thought bon forest bon brindavan there he was so it's important to note here that there's a positive aspect or part and it's the considerable part the greater part of the equation of his sanyas mukti hitpanitarupam swarupena vastiti normally traditionally largely as it's more widely circulated the the idea of sanyas is attached to the ganmarg and the ideal of ganmarg is mukti bhagavatam also speaks of mukti but mukti hitvanatarupam swarupena vastiti two sides to that giving up the negative and swarupena vastiti to become situated in something of positive content like i've given an example before to go from negative numbers to zero is to make progress to empty one's heart out of all of the ambitions and desires and so forth that are implicating us in this negative type of existence the karmic implication the more you move the more you go down like you said when i was a child movies about tarzan was were popular and he would swing in on a big rope and someone would be in a quicksand in the african jungle and they would say don't move and they would move and they would go down further he had to come in on a rope and then he would grab them and pull them out so the more we move the more we go down like borrowing money from the bank the more you become indebted you don't really make any money it looks like it but you got a handful of money but then you got a big debt so to come out of that and to come to zero this is the general idea of sanyas buddhists have a similar idea to come to zero no debt but there no money either so question is are there any positive numbers and this is where chaitanya mahaprabhu comes in yes so many 108 positive numbers 1008 so high it goes in terms of positive content it goes so high in terms of positive content that the highest reach looks like the lowest reach in the realm of karma it's like if you go left enough 
or if you go west enough, you end up going east, something like that. Indian philosophy is fond of circles and cycles and so forth, so certainly Gaudiya Vaishnavism seems very circular. It makes your head spin. Where the philosophy ends and the theology picks up, it really becomes potentially confusing. But the good thing about that, the news is, you don't have to understand it all. If you enter into the positive content with feeling and a particular bias for the Lord in a particular way, then nothing else matters. <laughs> Everyone is down below debating it, which is higher, which is better, what sentiment. And there may be some objectivity with which we can come to bear on that. But if you get any feeling, Krishna says, any feeling for this, that is the best feeling. Any feeling means any feeling that is within the parameters of what Rasananda is all about. Any feeling that arises out of a proper conceptual orientation, proper samandagyan, this is the wealth then of the jeev, the jeev's highest prospect. So it's a big world and it's very confusing. So many loks, so many ideas, so many sentiments and sentiments within sentiments and sub-sentiments and, and so forth. But if you get any sentiment there, all questions are answered. And that means particularly when we speak of the Braj-bhakti, which is the ideal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, then we become, what is it? Brain-dead. Gyan-shunya-bhakti. Don't have to think anymore. That's a relief. A big relief. So, point here is that we see from the very beginning of Mahabharu's contemplation of sannyas, based on the curse of the Brahman, he thought about it in terms of positive content. This is important because the general fare, the general standard idea, the widespread ideas, and why is it widespread and why is it more a popular idea that jnan ends in mukti? Because jnan marg would be more popular than bhakti marg and karma marg would be more popular naturally because these are the things that people are interested in in the material world. They're interested in knowing and, uh, and owning. And this is the two tracks in which our material life runs on. I and mine, and my I is formed on the basis of my, you understand? What I think is mine determines what I think I am. It's my country, so I'm an Indian, and it's my caste, and I'm this, and it's my wife, and it's my husband, my children, and an identity is formed. So these two letters, as I like to say, my, are their big problem. They create an I that looms very big in our mind, but in reality is very, very small and is really negative in its content. It's here today and gone tomorrow, as they say in English. So, these being the two tracks, so to speak, that material life runs on, boga tyag, boga tyag, people will naturally gravitate towards karma mark, gyan mark. When we talk about spiritual things, people will think, Spirituality means material acquisition. If I'm religious and spiritual, my life should become happier. I should get more money, I should have a better house. That will be the proof. That's a, my godbrother, Sripad Bhakti Gaurav Srinamarsh was visiting me here yesterday. Some of you had the chance to pay your respects to him briefly. But he was telling me about a very, there's an ex, apparently extensive Christian campaign in certain states in India to convert people to Christianity and so forth. A chicken in every pot, something like that. In other words, you have no material prosperity, so how good is your religion? Obviously, it's not working. <laughs> so the proof <laughs> of your spirituality should be material acquisition. And foolish people will accept that. Not as foolish people, therefore they're called jnanis. They won't be fooled by that. But they will think that the proof, the evidence of the validity of one's spiritual path will take the form of renunciation. Now they see anybody who's fasting and lying on a bed of nails or whatever it is. There used to be a fellow on the Parikrama Mark who used to stand on one leg and he made a vow to just stand on one leg until a temple was built. And sure enough, a temple was built for him and he would stand on one leg and he would had a swing coming down from a banyan tree and he would lean on the swing and stand on one leg and he would smoke marijuana you know, all day long to just kind of be numb. And so many people thought, well, you have give my money here, this is, this is spiritual. 
He's got a temple and he's got a succession of one-legged people. Yes. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's probably still there. If we go on the park or mark, I'll point it out to you. So these things, material acquisition or renunciation or knowledge, people are prone to think that these are the real fruits of spiritual practice. And we've been stressing this point. Whereas, in fact, the real fruit of spiritual life is what? There's a joke. I've told it before, but it's worth repeating. There was a fellow, <laughs> and uh, he got Lucifer's Christian idea. The devil was up top side, and he was canvassing to get some people to come down to hell. And so this one guy said, why would I want to go to hell? He said, why don't you just try it? You don't have to stay. But we've got a real bad reputation up here. You know, the angels, they've been giving us a bad reputation for some time. And it's actually kind of a nice place. So you come on down, and there's no commitment. The guy went down, and he's, there he was. And the devil gave him some cold drink and a hammock, you know, swing, all kinds of pleasures. And he said, man, you're right. They're really giving you a bad rap up there, a bad reputation. This is great. I mean, there was a few fires and things here and there, but, you know, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't in his, you know, he wasn't exposed to them. And so he had a real comfortable situation. And so the devil came around and said, what do you think? You want to stay? And he said, you know, yeah, this is great. I really appreciate, you know, that you're canvassing like this. He said, okay, we'll just sign on here and we'll give you room. So he signed on, and then the devil walked away, and two guys came, dragged him away, and chained him, and started beating him, and put him in a room, and plunged him in the fire, and, and uh, underwater, and, and uh, this was going on for a couple of days, and he said, what happened? And the devil walks away, and says, Lucifer, and the devil, over here. The devil came over, and he said, so what happened? Where, where's the cold drinks, and, and the maidservants, and the fans, and, and everything? And the devil said, oh, that's only for the guests. <laughs> so, Chittermarsh coined a phrase, well, it's actually an English phrase that he liked to say, material disposition is that I would rather reign, rule in hell than to serve in heaven. So the idea is what? That service, rendering service, this is like really going against the grain of our material life. We have the enjoying ego that causes us to objectify everything and exploit it for our sense of self. And this enjoying spirit is the antithesis of what Kamendriya Pritivancha. This is Kam. And Krishnendriya, the desire to serve the senses of Krishna, that is Prem, Priti, love. So just the opposite. So when people come, you know, sometimes we invite them in and we, we try to preach so we're generous and we say, chant and be happy, like my Guru Maharaj used to say. Chant and be happy. Never mind they don't read Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is just chanting and crying and crying and crying. I cannot get anything. Nayanam galada shudara. He's even crying when I can cry. He's crying when can I cry. But I thought it was to chant and be happy. That's only the propaganda. <laughs> That's what, if you sign on, then you find, what do you get for this? What do you get for your service? What is the reward? More service, that's all. That's all? That's it? We're here just for serving? Yes, that's it. Then they want to look somewhere, well, where's the, you know, the material acquisition, the, the mystic powers and knowledge and, and so forth? Here in the brudge? We don't find those things. It is a poor place, Christianly, comparatively. I mean, it's not Dwaraka. Just some cows, some crops, milk people, simple living. The material assets are limited. What is the knowledge? There's no chanting of the Vedas here. <laughs> Upanishadic discussions or anything like that. They just go to church on Sunday and don't even pay attention practically. All their attention on Krishna. That's all. What about the mystic powers? Do they have any of that? Only the demons show the mystic powers. They come to the brudge, Putin changes their form, Shakatasur disappears, this one, that one. All the mystic powers are displayed by the demons. 
None of these things are of any interest to the devotees. Bhukti mukti siddhi kami sakali ashanta Krishna bhakti nishkama taiva shanta Bhukti mukti siddhi kami If you have desire for any of these things for material acquisition, for mukti, for siddhi powers you cannot be peaceful. Krishna bhakti nishkama taiva shanta He has no ambitions. No ambition means only desire to serve Krishna to satisfy the senses of Krishna only to do what Krishna wants, not to take anything from God, not petitioning him to get anything. And you see, we are all possessed of taking, and it will enter into our bhakti also. We want to take, we want to get something. You have to trace this out in yourself. What are you trying to get from God? And then get rid of that. And replace that, well, what does God want? What is he doing? What is Krishna doing? What is his interest? This is Gaudiya Vaishnavism. We understand that interest and we become attracted to that, to facilitating that, the union of Radha Govinda. Then we can live in Braj. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has shown the way to go there. And in his sannyas, therefore, although it is sannyas, he's emphasized this positive content of the sannyas. To go to the Vaughan, the forest. Which forest? Vrindavan. This one. He's telling us that, yes, you have to leave aside anything else. You can't take anything with you. That's a fact. You have to empty the heart out. And do that in the context of filling it up by hearing about Krishna. People will be naturally attracted to Gyan Marg, Karma Marg, and the Bhakti Marg. Like, what's going on there? There's nothing going on. There's no big show or anything like that. Just people serving. Who wants to do that? Of course, as I've many times said, the fact that the secret of life is that we live by giving. We grow by giving. The self becomes contracted by taking, and it expands by giving. And Vrindavan is the complete, the full expansion of the self. It looms so big and is so pervasive that it takes precedence over Bhagwan. And it's all a result of giving. So we can begin our giving by giving up, taking sannyas, and that in the context of bhakti. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as we're discussing this sannyas lila in relation to Vrindavan, he was cursed by the Brahman. He thought, I'll go to Vrindavan. I'm Krishna. <laughs> I'll go to Vrindavan. Again, he is Krishna. Antar Krishna Bahi Goram. He's Krishna, but with a special purpose. He wants to understand Vrindavan like he couldn't understand it himself. He saw things in Vrindavan that were beyond his own experience. And Vrindavan is a country of love and he's king of love, Rasraj. So he thought, there's a problem. I'm the king and I don't know about this kind of love that Radha has. So he wanted to experience the fullness of Vrindavan. So he comes as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but he needs help. He needs coaching. How to do that? So first he takes sannyas and runs to Vrindavan. So we'll talk about that. There's a problem with that. He couldn't fulfill his ambition there. He ultimately had to go somewhere else to do that, to experience what that was about. So, this is the first thought of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu about sannyas. And then it comes up again, second time. What is he doing? Mahaprabhu now is fully manifesting his lila as a Vaishnav. Although he's still teaching students, he lapses into a trance and explains every, every word, every syllable of the Sanskrit alphabet to being Krishna. And uh, one day he's sitting and he's chanting, Matura, 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 Matura. He's chanting, Vrindavan, 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 Vrindavan. And he's chanting, Gopi, 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 Gopi. And one student comes upon him and says, What is this? You are chanting Gopi, Gopi. You should follow the scripture and chant Krishna, Krishna. Then you will get piety. Then you can go to heaven. And Mahabrabhu turns to him and says, That debauch, Krishna. Don't even mention his name around me. Don't even say that name. 
that woman hater, what he has done, how he deals with the gentle ladies, and on so many occasions, just a, just a playboy, that's all. Yeah, he's thinking, if there's milk in the market, why keep a cow? <laughs> why make any effort? <laughs> I can get it here and there. Don't even mention his name around me. And this Brahmin boy so what? Then Mahaprabhu gets up and chases him with a stick and starts to beat him. <laughs> so that boy runs and escapes from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's madness. Gets together with some other boys and says, This Nimai Pandit, he's mad. He's ruining the whole religion. I told him to chant Krishna Nam and you'll get piety. And he began to blaspheme Krishna. We have to do something about it. Have a council, a meeting. We have to stop this person. He's ruining everything. Mahaprabhu came to external consciousness. He realized, I'm a difficult person to understand. <laughs> hmm. Even the religious, pious people, the Brahmins, the gods on earth, have a difficult time understanding me. Mahaprabhu was absorbed in a gopi bhav. So many things can be drawn from this. But Sarasri Thakur said one thing, he's chanting gopi gopi, because every sannyasi is saying, Krishna, Krishna, aham Krishna, aham Gopal, aham Gopal, aham Gopal, aham Narayan. So Mahaprabhu is saying gopi gopi, to emphasize that every jiva is shakti tattva. Every jiva is feminine in relation to the Purusha, Krishna, the supreme male. Every jiva has a serving relationship with Bhagwan. And further, you going deeper, Mahaprabhu is entering the Leela, and there's argument between Radharani's group and Krishna's group, and he's taking the side of Radharani's group, and someone is coming taking the side of Krishna. And Krishna, you're taking the side of Krishna, he becomes angry, arguing. This Brahman thought, oh, he's criticizing Krishna. What a big sinner. He's saying these bad things about Krishna. But Krishna says, through the pen of Kabiraj Krishnadas, in Chaitanya Charitamrita, when I hear that, when I hear Radharani criticizing me, it is like nectar to my ears. It's sweeter than all the Vedas. <laughs> I'm completely charmed by that. And she's angry with me and criticizing me. And saying, go away, I, that, I see that jealousy in her, that man, and I'm so attracted. This is Shrutibhimbrigyam, when Udav came from Dwaraka, ostensibly to bring a message to the gopis, but to be educated himself, he was shocked to see the kind of love that they had. He's Shastravit, there's no more learned person in the Shastra than Udava. He's Krishna's own advisor at Dwaraka. He saw them and then he saw Nanda Baba and Yashodamai and then Gopas and Gopis and Radha and not far from here, right? The site is here. He met with Gopis, gave them a message. They ignored him. Brahma Ragita was sung, Radharani's song. How do you see that Radharani talking to a bumblebee? He said, these people are just this, this is off the, off the books. Near Granta Api Urukrama. Near Granta. Sutta described Sukadeva like this. This is the thing he's gone. It's off the books. Bhagavatam is like, it, it's a book, it's, it's off the books too, Bhagavatam. It's just going in the, the commentaries are really off the books. It's beyond, beyond, beyond the scripture. Mahaprabhu said, Shrotam api upanishadam dure harikatamrita bhakti sandarabha. Jiva Goswami says, spoken by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What? The sounds of the Veda, Upanishad, dure harikatamrita. They are very far, distant. Where they can take you, those sounds, is very distant from where harikata takes you. Kampashu, Pulakadhaya, all this 
He said, by Harikata, all these changes can come about, all these transformations of love that constitutes the Braj Leela. You think it rains in Vrindavan? Never. The clouds are crying only in ecstasy of love. All the movement like this, movements of ecstasy. By Harikata, then, you can come to this. Far beyond where the Upanishads lead. Sri Rupa said in his Namastakam, what? What is that verse? Nikhila Shruti, Api, Mat, Ratnamolam, something else. This one sound, Krishna. All the Upanishads are like, like a garland of gems shedding light. All shedding light on this one sound, Krishna. What wealth you can get from that. So this, uh, this is off the map. Gyan Shunya Bhakti. The book is closed here. Thinking is stopped here. The heart is fully uncovered out. Moving now in the homeland of the heart. No questions. No doubts. No reservations. Free movement. Mahaprabhu was immersed in that. Lila. Krishna is taking such pleasure in that, that, that as I say, the Upanishads, the Vedas, they're like noise to him only in comparison. This has completely captured his heart. These feelings of gopis and gopas, this is Krishna. Their feeling, their selflessness corresponds with Krishna. The form is Achinta Veda Veda Tattva. They're transforming reality into this beautiful young boy, so to speak. It's manifesting on the force of their love. Oh, he's chanting gopi, 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 thinking like this. And someone is coming and taking the side of Krishna. And he's criticizing Krishna. And the Brahmin is thinking, what kind of religion is this? This guy's crazy. And also he didn't, he's also preaching Namaparadu Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Because he said, oh, if you chant Krishna, you're going to go to heaven. And we should not think that the chanting of Hare Krishna is like Ashwamedha Yagya, Gomedha Yagya, or any of these things for bringing material piety. So in so many ways, Mahaprabhu had good reason to object, but it would require a Mahaprabhu to explain all these things and his followers, because it's a very different idea of religion. I mean, he's bringing the whole very heart of reality to the world and exposing it. Heart is a hidden thing. It's considered like a cave, the heart. It's hidden. You hide your secrets in there. You don't just show it to anybody. You want to share your heart, but then you find, oh, people can't appreciate that. Love wants to share itself, but it realizes quickly that it has to contain itself also, camouflage itself. Otherwise, it will be abused. This is all Gaudi Vaishnava full of this. Mahabharata bringing the very heart of reality to the world and exposing it and seeing, oh, they can't, people can't understand and covering it and exposing it and hiding it. The whole Leela of Krishna Leela is like camouflaging the highest love because why? It looks like something else. It looks like selfishness. How selfish were those gopis? They didn't stay with their own husbands, their own children. They just ran off with some other boy. Very selfish. What will happen to the family? looks like that, but it's the highest selflessness. So it's love camouflaging itself. And therefore, If you are to understand that, you have to pay close attention to the Bhagavat. You have to hear Bhagavat from a Bhagavat. And you have to pay close attention over and over and over and over again. Nityam And when some Nishta comes, then, and you become fixed in this, then there is scope for attachment for this, taste for this, light, natural liking. The medicine turns into food. The medicine of Krishna Kata, now it becomes food, ruchi, and then asakti, I can't live without it. I'm attached to that, and so on. Then you enter the world of emotions. This is what Mahaprabhu Sanyas is about, entering that world of emotions. Ostensibly it's leaving the world of emotions, but 
entering the world of real emotion. So this is the second instance in which the sannyas comes up then in Mahaprabhu's Leela. And he thinks at this time, what? I should take sannyas because people don't understand me. And therefore they may disrespect me and I'm here to give them their highest prospect. So if I adopt sannyas dress, then people will naturally show respect to me. They'll see me, they'll be respectful, and then a teachable moment is created and I can feed them, nourish them. So this is an important point also with regard to the sannyas and Gaudiya Vaishnavism. It's a bit of a ruse, it's a bit of a sham, actually. There are different kinds of sannyas. And for that matter it is said, Ashvamidam gavalamam sannyasa palapaitrakam devarena sutotpatim kalopanchabivarjaya There are five things that should be avoided, shouldn't be done in Kali Yuga. And one of them is taking sannyas. Scripture says you should not take sannyas in Kali Yuga. And Mahabharata is taking sannyas. He's a god himself. He's breaking his own rules, it seems. Of course, then the Acharyas have tried to explain this in different ways, and one of the ways in which they've explained it is, for example, Saraswati Thakur, who was fond of the sannyas institution, ashram, for Gaudiya Vaishnavas, in one sense instituted it in the modern day. He quoted from Padma Purana, there are three kinds of sannyasis. Kechit, Karma Sannyas, there's a Gyan Sannyas, and uh, maybe Vedic Sannyas, he called it. Karma Sannyas, Gyan Sannyas, and Vaishnav Sannyas. And the Vaishnav Sannyas is called Tridandi Sannyas. And the name word Tridandi, Trivenu, Tridandi, is given in Bhagavat, 11th Skanda of Srimad Bhagavatam. So, some acharyas have reason like this. Oh, there's the Karma Sannyas, that is not to be taken in Kali Yuga. Giving up everything. It is said that in Sati Yuga, you know, the lifespan was a hundred thousand years. And so you try to figure that out archaeologically and it's pretty hard. But one of the ways that Pujapad Chidamarsh once explained it is in Sati Yuga people could live in their bones. In other words, when everything in the body had deteriorated and only the bones were left, they could still be living in them. And in Treta Yuga, they could live uh, up until the nervous system came apart. Something else in Dwarpa Yuga, I don't And in Kali Yuga, without food they can't live. Therefore it's prohibited, you cannot fast for more than 24 hours in Kali Yuga. Without food, then you're dead. <laughs> so, therefore, this kind of sannyas you hear about, wearing the tree bark and these kind of things, this is not meant for Kali Yuga. So, it's a real soft sannyas. Take prasad <laughs> and serve. <laughs> and we give it to people whose service should be recognized by others because that will be good for them. And if you don't give them a flag pole, then people, other devotees, probably won't recognize them. Because this is, again, our material conditioning. We need some sign. Oh, oh, he's got a stick. And he's wearing a different color from everybody. He's different from everybody. Therefore, I should show some respect to him. But when he, same person or same lady, is wearing white and same consciousness, oh, who are you? And we want to take service from him uh, rather than give service. Of course, I'm just generalizing, but this is the idea. We should all be sannyasis in the sense of the spirit of this, living only for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, only for Radha Govinda. Even a householder, well, you say, how can I do that? I'm a householder. Simple. This is, uh, we say, um, Sangha Siddha Bhakti. You make everything that you do, that you have to do, you make your heartbeat is for Krishna Bhakti, for serving the mission. Because of your circumstance, you need certain things. You need a house, you need some money, some work, and so forth. But that is all just going on, like, mechanically, and all for the sake of facilitating in that given situation the opportunity to serve.
The example is there in Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I mean, who could be a higher, better sannyasi than Thakur Bhaktivinoda? And he had, what, 10, 12 children? So it's possible to have that spirit. We should all be that in spirit. And some people should be taken and put in the front. That will be good for others, officially. This is the idea of Bhakti Siddhanta. And the idea of Mahaprabhu, an official thing, for the purpose of people need some kind of sign, external sign. Just like we do initiation, and sometimes we make a big fire, and something's happening. <laughs> What's happening is the Guru is sharing his shraddha. The backing he has, his realization behind the mantra, whisper in the ear, that's all. That's it. Yeah. What, nothing else? There's no fire, no smoke, no... Did anything happen, they'll think. So we make a big show. So people need this. <laughs> so this sannyasa is something like that, Mahaprabhu thought. For the sake of the people, then I would take sannyasa. And then he identified with the ashram, and he had a dream. In the dream, a Brahman came, Rari Gupta tells us. In the dream, a Brahman came and put the sannyas mantra in his ear. Now he had thought about taking sannyas for the sake of the people. Then he had a dream and a Brahman came and gave him the sannyas mantra in the ear and he woke up and he was very depressed. Because the context of the Leela, well, how would he know what the sannyas mantra was? He hadn't taken sannyas. Of course, he's God, but this is in Leela. So he heard the Leela and he was very depressed. He started crying for days and days. Murari came, Murari Gupta, his doctor, friend. And Murari said, why are you crying? Nimai, I had a dream. A Brahman came and put the sannyas mantra in my ear. And I only want to serve Krishna. So I don't like that mantra. So that mantra is then the, the mantra of the Shankar Sampradaya. And again, this is the dominant idea of sannyas. It's prominent, so forth. Even Mahaprabhu, as you'll hear, he took sannyas from a, ostensibly a Advaitam. The mantra was, Tattvamasi. And Mahabharata was crying because he's thinking of it in terms of the Advaitin understanding of it. Murari saved him for a moment. He said, Oh, well, Nimai, you think of it like this. Tattvamasi. You are his. Tattvamasi. You are his. Tat can also mean his. You are his. Tvam tat. You are his. That gave Mahabharata some solace. Yes, that's what I want. I want to be his. I don't want to be him. <laughs> Everything is lost in that pursuit. But then immediately afterwards, Mahabharata again became depressed. Why? He said, I want to be his, but I cannot do that just by a sound. Just because you said it, I want, I want to be his now. Now I mean, I have to go and take the sannyas and follow that idea that you've given and all of the devotees became, oh, so much uh, agitated. Mahabharata, he's going to take sannyas. Murari says, they fell just like all the gopis of Vrindavan and gopas when Krishna left for Mathura. The idea of his going. Mahabharata is Gaur. He is Krishna. Gaur Krishna. And he's in Navadvipa, and Navadvipa is Vrindavan. He is so confused, and he is so confusing to try to understand. He's Gore, he's Krishna, he's living in Navadweep. Navadweep is Vrindavan. He's living, leaving Navadweep to go to Vrindavan. <laughs> the inhabitants of Navadweep are lamenting that he's going to go, like the people in Gopis and Gopas in Vrindavan when he leaves for Mathura. All these parallels are there. And Mahabhava went, ultimately. In the middle of the night, he went to Katwa, he met Keshav Bharati, he asked Keshav Bharati, then Chandrasekhar, who lived next door to Sachimata, and Jagannath Mishra, like uncle of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, came to make the preparations for the sannyas. Keshav Bharati is there, the sannyas guru. And Mabhu then spoke the mantra into Keshav Bharati's ear. He said, Is this the mantra that you're going to give me? Tattvamasi. And he said, he kind of said, yeah, <laughs> that's, whoa. And he got the Mahaprabhu's conception 
of what that mantra was. And he became filled with prayer. From a dry life of renunciation and gyan, you get filled with prayer. He said, yes, that's what the sannyas is about. It's about the praying, love. And then he gave the mantra back to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Mahaprabhu became filled with ecstasy. And then Keshav Bharati said, here, you better take these two. Here's Danda and Kamandalu. And Mahaprabhu rose up, began to dance and grabbed Keshav Bharati, danced with him and and Keshav Marty threw his own dunda away and his own kamandala away. <laughs> and everyone is absorbed in, uh, in Prem Gold, Prem Anande, Haribo, Haribo. Then Mahabhu began to chant a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. Immediately he went to Bhagavatam. Aham Trishami Durantaparam. What is it? Etam Sastaya Paratmanistam. Adhyasitam Purbat Maher Mahadhi. Aham Trishami Durantaparam. Tamo Mukundam Vindhishayvayar. This verse is from 11th Canon of Bhagavatam. It was spoken by a Tridandi Sanyasi. I mentioned that Tridandi Sanyas is mentioned in Bhagavatam. This is the Vaishnava idea of Sanyas, opposed to Ek Danda, the Mayabad idea, which means Ek, one, Advaita. I am Om Nara, I am Narayan, I am Narayan and I are one. The three Danda means one Danda for one Danda means like staff, mind, body, words, and Danda means what? Danda means to chastise, to beat with a stick, like to chastise. So chastising the body, the mind, and the words. What is the chastisement? Like I said, at one point it's medicine. You can still take sannyas when it's medicine, but then you have to take that medicine, beat yourself, beat your body, mind, and words. What does it mean? Words only for Krishna, mind only for Krishna, body only for Krishna. And who's doing that? The jiva. So we add a fourth danda, jiva danda. This is the idea of Tridandi sannyas. So this verse was quoted by a Tridandi sannyasi, the whole story in Bhagavatam of the Tridandi sannyasi and how he came to that. Mahabharu began to sing that. Etam sastaya paratmanishtam adhyasitam purvat mahar mahashiri Aham durishami durantaparam tamomukundham vinishevaeva And he became overwhelmed with ecstasy. And he began running. Where did he run to? He began running to Vrindavan. He took off like running out of the yagya for Vrindavan. So again, the sannyas and the connection with the, with Vrindavan. And Nityananda Prabhu chasing after him. Yet for three days in Radhadesh, Mahaprabhu was going without food, without eating, without water, without sleep. And Nityananda Prabhu is following him, unbeknownst to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is now Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Nimai Pandit has become Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Nimai Pandit has become Sri Krishna Chaitanya. He's taken sannyas. Word is rippling out through all over Bharata. Word coming to Puri, going to Banaris, other places. Nimai Pandit has become a sannyasi. He's now named Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Keshubharati gave him the name. Sri Krishna Chaitanya. Sri means Radha, Krishna means Krishna. Radha Krishna Chaitanya means consciousness. Whose consciousness is absorbed in Radha and Krishna. Chaitanya means soul, whose soul is Krishna, that is Radha. Krishna, Chaitanya means Krishna consciousness. Perfect name for Nimai Pandit in his Sanyasa Nityananda was following him, and he's starting to get a little worried. He's like worried. It's like three days he hasn't eaten yet. Three days he hasn't drinking anything. Three days he hasn't slept. He's just running across the countryside to go to Vrindavan. You want to go to Vrindavan, you see? Mahaprabhu was showing us something about that. What it takes to get there. Tatra lolya mapimolya mekalam janma koti This is lobha. Not a cheap thing. Eagerness, greediness. Must have it. You know the thought. Running to Vrindavan. Forget about eating, forget about sleeping. And we're coming to Vrindavan thinking, what will I eat? 
Where will I sleep <laughs> when I get there? How big will my room be? What, what other accoutrements will be there to facilitate my stay? Mabu had no thought for eating where I would stay, any living only. Sharanagata and far beyond that. Premika. Nityananda Prabhu following him and he's becoming concerned. So then he saw some cowherd boys herding cows on the delta and he was very happy to see them and they intervened because they paid respect to the sannyasi and Mahaprabhu noticed them, cowherd boys. And Nityananda Prabhu told him, say Hari, Hari Bol, Hari Bol. They said, Hari Bol, Hari Bol. And Mahaprabhu hearing the name Hari, he came to external consciousness and he thought, oh, you're chanting Hari. Then he sees the cowherd boys, they're cowherd boys. Then suddenly Nityananda Prabhu appears and he says, Sripad, what are you doing here? How did you come to Vrindavan? Oh yes, I'm following you, I'm coming right along with you. And how far is it? You're here, practically you're here. Look, here is the Jamuna. So take your bath, I will take my bath. At that place they said that the on the one side is the Jamuna and the other side is the Ganga. There's a confluence. So he's kind of stretching the truth. Jamuna is there, so Jamuna is from Vrindavan. So, so Mahaprabhu goes to take his bath and who comes along with coming on a boat? Advaita from Shantipur. Mahaprabhu, what are you doing here? What do you mean? I live here. This is my area. <laughs> Why don't you come to my house? And have lunch. You haven't eaten for three days. And then he turned to Nityananda Prabhu. What have you done? I've just created a drama. And, and Nityananda Prabhu says, Do we have to talk anymore? Let's eat. It's been, it's been three days. Do we have to talk anymore? Let's. So then they go, Adwaita gives him outer garment for Mahaprabhu and change of cloth and take to the house of Adwaita. Meanwhile, Nityananda has arranged. Chandrasekhar will go back and bring everyone from Nadia to see their Lord again. And amongst them, Sachimata, mother of the whole universe. Mahaprabhu comes, takes his meal. He comes to take his meal. And Sachi says, at least, you know, he's taken sannyasi, he's going to go away. At least let me cook for him. So she cooks the meal. He takes the prasad and says, what? Well, that I did something, I went mad. I did something in madness. I shall give it up. How could I leave you? He says to his mother, how is it possible? I took sannyas to go to Vrindavan, but in a moment of madness. So then there was some concern what to do. Sachi could understand, well, you've done it. What you've done, you've done. You've been a bad boy, but now we have to deal with it. <laughs> so we have to do something. and so. Let's convene a meeting. If you want to take rest, we'll convene a meeting. So they convened a meeting, discuss what to do. And Sachi's wise words, like the Vedas, where she gave that conclusive siddhanta that satisfied everyone's heart. She said, well, I cannot tolerate the idea that my boy will be criticized by others for being a mama's boy after taking sannyas and then giving it up. All the whole religious world will criticize him. I cannot tolerate that. And I cannot tolerate to be separate from him either. So if he goes to Vrindavan, that is a problem. But if he goes to Puri, then I can be satisfied. So sometimes people ask, why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu lived in Puri, not in Vrindavan? This is one answer. And there's a lot of wisdom in the answer of Sachi, in the suggestion of Sachi. He should live in Puri. Then she said, well, because Puri is not too far away and people come and go from Nadia to Puri, I'll hear news of him. Sometimes maybe I can go there. Maybe he'll come here sometimes. Vrindavan is far away. So when everyone heard this, they were very satisfied. Yes, yes, yes. You have spoken well. Mahaprabhu accepted it. I will go to Puri. I will reside in Puri. Now there's, a, there's much more to this. Why Mahaprabhu resided in Puri? Yes, because his mother told him, but mother knows best, it is said. <laughs> mother knows best. So her son had an ambition. Mother wanted to facilitate his ambition. 
His ambition is what? He wants to understand Vrindavan fully. And that can only be done when you see Vrindavan through the eyes of Vrindavaneshwari Radhe. Only, and so how to do that? Just running like a madman to Vrindavan. That's where you came from. <laughs> you came from there to come here. You took birth at Navadvip. Now you just run back there. No, that's not going to work. Go to Puri. And so Mahaprabhu went to Puri. There, he, as you know, he settled and so forth. And from there, he also made some attempt to go to Vrindavan, and he went to Vrindavan. But that I want to continue on tomorrow. And we convene again. So, are there any questions? You know, when you were talking yesterday about how Lord Chaitanya, um, when Vishnu Priya asked him that she heard a rumor, and um, he said that we have come to cry now. But did he tell her, like, don't worry, I'm not going to do it now or something? Because we hear how he left in the middle of the night, and she was, like, kind of surprised by it. I never heard this part of it, but he was speaking about how she approached him first. Well, that's what I mentioned yesterday, right? Yeah, she approached him. I think it is described by Vrindavan Nastakur. He told, in this incarnation, we are only to cry for the jivas. And so she agreed on it. So he may take sannyas. Once he had that agreement, then they took rest and he got up in the middle of the night and left. Turned a, a Dwaitan into a Rag Bhakta. That's a huge <laughs> accomplishment. <laughs> All right, so we'll stop there. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu ki jai, Bhandam Dham ki jai, Bhagavad Bhakta Bhandu ki jai, Bhagavad Premanande.